Welcome everyone to Haven of Horror. We finally got Enigma back. Uh, she left me hanging for a while, but it's okay. I'm just kidding. Life gets in the way. We know. Life comes first. Uh, the screen reviews will be coming soon. Uh, we don't have a date on that. We're just kind of taking one video at a time. Uh, as a reminder, I have started a Patreon for the channel. Um, if you would like to, to uh, join that, the link will be in the description below. Get you access to our Discord, as well as choosing films for us to talk about. And hopefully Enigma will be there for some of those, uh, just depending on scheduling and what the movie is. Um, and as always, if you like these videos, you like this content, feel please to consider hitting the subscribe button. Uh, and today we are talking about your choice of movie, um, which yeah. I was on my radar from the from the the general synopsis. Um, that and it went to Hulu. Like I'm more inclined to watch something if I can watch it at home for no extra money. Uh, the movie is called Fresh, which is a really bad. Okay, it's a really bad title just because it's such a like generic one word title but it also does fit the movie i just wish it was a little more specific especially i had a hell of a time trying to find like just the 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 logo they use for this movie for the thumbnail i had to like pull some photoshop magic i didn't know i could do out of my ass um so this movie stars uh sebastian stan who of course is most well known for being the winter soldier and getting nothing to do in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And a bunch of other people that I had no idea who they were. Uh, but they were good actors. So let's start with the cast since we went over the one name in this movie. Did anybody else st stick out to you uh, performance-wise or anything else in the cast? Uh, so the lead actress, her name's Daisy Edgar-Jones. And before this film, I had never actually seen her in anything. So... I will say she did a phenomenal job, especially, you know, when we start to talk more in depth about the film and like the transition of what happens, she really went from that like carefree, you know, up in the air type of person to, oh my gosh, I'm going to be eaten. So it, she's really good. I thought she was great. And I also liked her friend Molly a lot. She's also really good too. I don't know her name, though, unfortunately, the actress's name. Uh, so her name is Jonica, Jonica Gibbs. And I thought she was doing giving a good performance. And I could see that kind of character existing because this is, you know, in a big city and things like that. Um, but honestly, I found her more annoying. But I think it's just a taste issue because if I met somebody like that in real life, I would also be really annoyed with them. Uh, <laughs> and but and she is kind of the catalyst for the choices that the, the main character makes. And you had messaged me before I watched this movie asking me who I thought the final girl would be because uh, mm -hmm. you weren't sure. I'm going to have to say that it is very much Noah because the film is from her point of view, her perspective. And she is the one who kind of goes through an arc mm -hmm. um mostly her arc is learning not to say fuck it when a random guy asks you to go away for the weekend because she's an idiot <laughs> <laughs> um so the first 
was it 30 minutes of this movie are kind of your standard rom-com yeah and if i hadn't i'm gonna be honest i hadn't known this was a horror movie i would have shut it yeah it had that build up um it honestly looking at all the films because i'm a huge movie buff looking at all the movies i've seen i felt like this was the best intro to a movie because when things get real and like the, the credits roll it's a complete 360 and i love it i don't know about best movie intro it it's good but in okay, terms of a, in terms of a movie i think the biggest issue that this movie has start starting out like you said things get serious really quickly I think it might be too much of a tonal shift without earning it. I don't mind movies that start as one thing and become a completely different thing. Uh, my go-to example for that, and I'm, I don't know if you've seen this, but it's From Dusk Till Dawn. That movie starts out as, you know, just a crime film. You know, these two guys on the run. And then becomes a vampire film. But it's tonally consistent. This movie starts as like a goofy rom-com that you've seen a million times. And then just jumped the other direction, which was cool because I liked that tone. I liked that tone when it gets serious. That's what I was there for. But then it also wants to be a goofy comedy whenever Sebastian Stan is on screen. So I do have a problem. So I don't think comedy is a good title for a genre. I feel like dark humor. Definitely dark humor because... I didn't outwardly laugh. It wasn't like a Chris Farley laugh. Like, oh, he did something stupid. That's funny. It was more of a, oh, that's morbid and very dark type of a funny. No, I I agree with you. Um, I was being more broad, I guess I should say. But I agree. If if you're looking at it in the specific subgenre of comedy, this is a dark, it's a dark comedy, the scenes with him. Mm-hmm. Which is cool because I do love a good dark comedy and a lot of what they were doing with this character reminded me a lot of Patrick Bateman in American Psycho where it's like this guy's fucking nuts but I like watching him because he's funny in a morbid way. Yeah, I guess I didn't think of it like that. Definitely I see that. Especially some of the things he says like there's there's a scene where they're eating Chinese food and Mm -hmm. Noah's trying to get him to eat food and he's like, oh, I don't eat animals. Like, no, you don't, because you eat humans. (laughs) Particularly female humans, but, you know, you learn that later on. So let me ask you this, then, because we're talking about Sebastian Zane's performance. And I would love to see him do more horror, because he was hands down my favorite thing about this movie. Do you think that made him too likable in this movie? Honestly, I kept going back and forth, because, um, I don't know if you know this, but the film was written and directed by female like um entities uh the writer and the director i think the writer has actually comedy background from what i saw like stepbrothers type of comedy so it's interesting to see them come together and do this film and i felt from a female perspective liking making the guy likable is exactly what they wanted to do because you want the main character in a rom-com to end up with the guy like that like Without knowing he's crazy and going to lock you up in his chamber of horrors or whatever, like, that's like the presence of a rom-com. The awkward relationship, the guy that's quirky, 
I felt like that's what they were going for. So I kind of see the romantic comedy aspect and the fact that the, you know, both of these women were involved in the creation of this film. They put an emphasis on that for sure. Definitely. Um, I, I like the fact that they made him likable because it just makes it that much more realistic. There's more creep behind it. Okay. I, I can see that. So, yeah, and you had mentioned that. So we should mention this was written by Lauren Kahn, who was a big fan of horror uh, and was directed by Mimi Cave. I've never heard of either of these people, and they don't have Wikipedia pages, so I'm guessing this is like, you know, fresh writer-director pair. And I can see, I can see the reverence for... Um, for the horror genre, specifically slasher. Because you had talked about, uh, and I disagree with you here, but you had talked about how Noah feels not, doesn't feel like any other final girl in horror. I'm going to disagree with you because I've seen this character done a million times. The reckless, kind of, you know, trying to be someone she's not girl who gets in a horrifying situation. That goes all the way back, I would even argue, to Psycho. Okay, yeah, I mean, I guess what I was trying to to say was, going back to her friend Molly, I feel like Molly's more of the final girl because she's the one that actually finishes him off. She rescues her friend. And not just rescues her out of a situation and they get chased type of rescue, but like, they end up killing him. And she ends up saving both of the girls that, you know, the whole film revolve around. So when I said she doesn't seem like the typical final girl, that's what I meant. She doesn't, she's not the only one. That okay, I see it. what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, so I can kind of agree with that, although I would argue it's more, it's it's that situation we don't see a lot because usually final girls, like, she's the last one. But it's also kind of applying that rule for a specific subgenre to a different subgenre, because this is absolutely not a slasher. There are rules to a horror movie, okay? We watched Scream, we know this. Uh, anyway, I would argue, yes, they are a team, but at the end of the day, the final girl also refers to the protagonist of the film, because, like, let's say, because uh, we've been talking, I've been talking about it with someone else on the channel, I'm going to use Friday the 13th for an example. Uh, Jason is the antagonist, even though we're rooting for him. And the final girl is the protagonist, and the film is seen through her eyes. So in this case, Noah would still be the final girl because it, she is the protagonist, but she works with her friend Molly in a more of a team situation, which was interesting and reminded me more of um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but that movie has a similar conceit where the fun, where there is a final girl, but she is working with another survivor to help stop the threat, um, specifically Nancy from the original. And you need to see that movie because it's amazing. It's so good. But uh, I got sidetracked. So, uh, do you buy that Noah went so readily along with with everything up until the shift? I did hint, hint some hesitation in there um, just because, like, 
they they go out drinking for a first date and then like the second date they go back to well maybe the first and second kind of blend together but they're always drinking and her friend molly who's like you know this guy you meet him he's probably married the way he approached you which she's right um and she's just like that second voice in her head and you can see it that she has hesitation but i think she's met this guy in an unconventional way based on what she's been doing that she kind of ignores those red flags which i as a woman um i can definitely attribute to the female influence behind this movie because i feel like women tend to do that a lot after so many times of you know horrible dates and horrible tinder conversations they meet somebody unconventionally there's red flags but they refuse to see it because it's not the same if that makes sense yeah i can see that it's like modern dating like i know the um the uh synopsis of the film basically was like modern dating sucks and that's kind of where this plays in you meet some good-looking guy who is awkward in the grocery store you're not going to think anything of it but if you're you've got some creepy dude sending you nudes like that's a completely different story i can see that and this is definitely kind of a satire on how dating is now Um, yeah i'm glad you mentioned that the first two dates kind of run together because that was another thing that i was thinking i was like okay i can see where they're coming from with her she's doing this to accept her friend's advice and she's just like you know tired of shitty dates this is a guy that's nice to her but I also couldn't tell how long they've been together when he just spontaneously proposes this weekend getaway. Yeah. Because it kind of played like they'd been de- they'd slept together once. They'd been on like a date, slept together. Yeah. And then the very next thing, he's like, let's go away for the weekend. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to be confident and say that's technically the second ever date, I guess. Like they stayed in, had Chinese food. That's when he said he doesn't eat animals. Um, and they drink a lot too, which drinking is always a part of this. Um, but yeah, I definitely the second quote quote date. Well, I wait, guess. because that I, I think I know what date you're talking about. But the date where they get drunk after eating Chinese food, that's the date where he drugs her. Right? No, that's when they go away. That's a separate Oh, one. that's right, that's right. He doesn't drug her yeah. until they get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because in that scene, again, they're drinking. He he's like, I put something in your drink. <laughs> I put something in your drink. Can you can you guess what what the citrus is? And every time she takes a drink and gives an answer, and he's like, Nope. And that's coaxing her to drink more to have the drug go in her system faster. Okay. So. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's um. more intense of a date, I guess. You want to consider that a date? I, yeah, and that that is something that I question because, like, I I understand why she would agree to go, mm-hmm. but if a guy, I, if somebody that I barely knew told me they put something in my drink and asked me to guess what it is, I'm going to be like, hell no, I ain't drinking this. And the cool thing about that scene that it's just complete cinematography and directing influence. You don't suspect it because he's so nice and so quirky and, like, this seems to be going really well. Again, rom-com. 
But every time she takes a drink and then looks at him, the screen gets blurry and, and blurrier from her point of view. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the tipping point of mm, something's not right with this guy. Yeah, they definitely put some thought into how this movie looks and into the soundtrack. Because the first thing I noticed was the soundtrack, because uh, I think the movie starts with a, with a song. Yeah. And it kind of set the tone that they would eventually be going for. For for most of the film, it, it's totally confused sometimes. But um, this movie also loves its musical montages. There's like five of them. Yeah, it was like I, yeah, you could have cut these. Well, okay, so I actually thought they were great. They gave me very Tarantino film like feels. So I think it fit because I when I saw them and it's so random. I also consider this a dark comedy. Um, Django Unchained mm-hmm. has the same kind of random, like musical scenes. Maybe not to that effect, but it was giving me that that vibe in the film, and I liked that because I think it's great. It's kind of awkward. It's funny. It's the comedic relief you need in the middle of him cutting bodies up and eating them. So, see, I liked the one where he's cutting up the bodies, and I, I would have kept that one. But I don't know if you need all of them. I can't remember off the top of my head now because I watched this last night. And I was really tired. Um, especially because, so, I have kind of a rule for horror. Your movie needs to be clo- as close to an hour and a half as it can be. If you're not like George Romero or John Carpenter, your movie does not need to be two hours. And this movie is almost two hours. I was like, uh, I, you don't need to be two hours. Yeah. Well... The scene specifically that I think is important is when he feeds her. I don't know if it's the first time or second time he feeds her people. Yes, basically. all of that stuff was wonderful. Yes. And I will admit for a second there, because this is a dark comedy. I thought that they were going to have her develop like legitimate, legitimate Stockholm Syndrome for him. And the movie was going to end with her replacing the blonde. And I was like, okay, that would be really cool. J- not for a, like, oh, it's isn't it cool, you know, that she's, like, fucked up now. But because enough, too much horror doesn't have enough bad endings. And I love, a, like, a bad ending in horror movies. And that would have been a hilariously dark. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I, I'm going to be on board if they do this. And I'm I'm not upset with what they did with her manipulating him. I thought that was really clever. But it was also like, oh, now it's just a standard, like, he's going to escape and, and kill the guy. I've seen this a million times. Yeah. I felt, I don't know, maybe it's just because, like, um, just watching it, I watched it twice in a short amount of time just to kind of pick up on stuff. He's kind of stupid. And I don't know if it's because he he's one of those people that is easily manipulative manipulated or what it is but he's kind of stupid so i noticed this too and and i i disagree i think he is actually very smart that's not the problem the problem is that he is emotionally unstable because yes he is married but i am pretty sure his marriage is a sham and the movie hints that his wife is Mm -hmm. one of his victims so i doubt they have a real loving relationship and they don't go too much into his backstory, which is fine. 
Like he gives he gives a simple explanation about how he didn't feel like a part of the world until he discovered the subculture of eating people. And I can't remember what it was that made him feel like an outsider. He says something. But that's what really made him connect. The the way I read his character is that uh, Noah is the first time that he has established a meaningful connection. So when she just acts like she's going to give him a chance, he is all too happy to take it because that's the only like stable emotional relationship that he's ever had, which is why it's so easy to manipulate. Because you you can't be that stupid and do what he does and be successful at. You just you can't. I can argue that, but I also agree with you at the same time. <laughs> and also, it would explain why, out of all the, because I assume he's been doing this for a long time. We don't know how old he is, but Sebastian stands in his what late thirties, early forties. So he's probably been doing this for at least twenty years. That is why, out of all the girls that he's probably done this to, because we see that, you know, shrine uh, of girls that he's done this to, and Noah asks him, you know, where's mine? And he's like, oh, it's with me. Or she asks, where's my stuff? That is why she is the only one that has been able to trick him into letting her escape. Because he didn't care about those other girls, but I think he legitimately cared about her in his own fucked up way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she learns that because he gives her things he doesn't give the other girls, like the magazine with the message in it. That's how she figures out, oh, I should manipulate this to my advantage and survive. So there's something that really distracted me, uh, and I know we're all over the place, but it's it's just kind of whatever pops into my mind. So the first time she tries to escape, he punishes her by surgically removing the skin off her ass? Um, I think it's the whole region. Like or the whole region? Yeah. Okay, but here's what was distracting. So she's out of it for a couple of days. And that, that mm-hmm. makes sense. But then she's fine. She's not fine. You see her several times, like, grabbing her side and, like, kind of walking like she just basically gave birth. <laughs> so... There's okay, and then I guess the question is, how long was she down there? Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it they they say something between Molly and the bartender guy, which the bartender guy, I like him a lot, but something about when Molly went to the house to confront the wife when she was also abducted, um, about my friend's been missing for two weeks. And I think there was a few days after that when the So not even decided, a full month, right? No, it's been a short amount of time. Okay. So then I guess my point is by the end of the movie, we're still not under a full month. Mm-hmm. I don't buy that she's doing everything she's doing still with the surgery he would have had to do to her. Well, he also didn't do something very um I guess life-changing too like yeah it's uncomfortable to sit but like you're not missing a leg you know right but she was struggling to walk there for a while without having pain right so this movie expects me to believe in under let's say under a week and she's been there for two weeks probably before the surgery happened she goes from barely being able to walk to being able to run through the woods 
I can't hear you again. Can you hear me now? Yes. My headset shut off. I'm sorry. No, you're um, fine. I just wanted to make sure before you get too far into your point. Um, I think it was pure adrenaline because when she finally, like, when she was going to get her phone, she was, like, holding her side and, like, wincing and struggling. Okay. So, I mean, it's you notice it because that, that was the question I had, too. But she also wasn't wearing, like, tight clothes as well. So... The acting had to be played up a little bit. I want I want a movie that's a sequel to one of these where it explores the aftermath. Because, yeah. like, he mutilated her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and her but, friend. Oh, did he get the friend, too? Because I wasn't sure about that. He gave her a um, mastectomy. <laughs> so, uh. Yeah. And I think he did that because she humiliated him, basically, or tried to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean... Yeah, like, the scene where they're eating... I think they eat human meat three times in this film, where she gets drunk. To, this is, like, the final scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, she's like, you saved the breast for last. And they start laughing. <laughs> I, I I still kind of wish they had gone the dark humor route where she just, like, helps him run the business from now on. I think that would have been for... I think that would have been not laugh out loud funny, but it would have been like, oh, that's fucked up, but kind of funny. I don't know. Yeah. Just, it felt like they... Because this movie really embraces its premise and, like, it makes you buy everything. But then it feels like, oh, we got it. And maybe this isn't fair and I'm just tired of the, like, We've seen this ending. She's going to stop the bad guy. She's manipulated him. But I, I think this is the kind of movie you could get away with that because it's goofy anyway. He's one step away from being like Patrick Bateman. Well, I think the wife is the symbolism for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's so far gone by the end. Yeah, but I think also she was far gone, too, because she didn't want to get caught. Mm -hmm. So there's this one scene right after we first find out about the wife that she's in, where she's, like, holding her face, and it looks like he's going to pull her face off, but then we never come back to that. Did you get anything from that? Because I'm still confused. Her husband's a cosmetic surgeon, and if she was one of his victims... He probably altered her face. But also, there's also the symbolism of there's a new younger person in my husband's life. Mm, okay. So it could be it could be the obvious and the symbolism at the same time. Okay. Yeah, it's hard to pick up all that on a first watch, but that's what makes it interesting to have these discussions. Uh, I did not have time to watch it twice, unfortunately. Oh, let's see. So we talked about... Uh... Oh, can we just talk about how her blind date at the beginning is almost inhumanly dumb? Oh, Chad. <laughs> and at first, I was like, what the fuck? This doesn't feel like a real person. Then I oh, because this is a dark comedy, they're playing up his antics, you know. Yeah, uh, but I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. As somebody who did the Tinder thing, 
they're like that. I am not exaggerating. <laughs> that is why I don't date. <laughs> Funny enough, <laughs> met my boyfriend on Tinder. And uh, he watched that with me. And he he actually made a comment. He's like, I'm so sorry girls have to go through that. <laughs> like, yeah, they really act like that. I actually wrote, I have some notes about Chad. Okay. Um, where are they? I feel like this is a good, like, he was a good introduction to this film because it makes Steve slash Brendan so much more likable, even though he's- I wrote that exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> that this movie makes a really good case for why she is attracted to him, and these are the kind of dates that she's getting. Yes. And it also kind of represents, too, like, the things women deal with when they're not interested. They have to deal with the hostility of the guy not being able to handle rejection. So when Steve comes into the picture, you're kind of expecting the same thing. But he's not like that. He's crazy, but he's not Chad. <laughs> yeah. Now, I will admit with that stuff, because I obviously don't have the same perspective as, as you do, because A, I don't date, and B, I'm a guy. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad that you're able to bring that perspective. And that is interesting because I hadn't really thought about that. Because uh, like I said, there's many reasons I don't date. Number one is online dating is a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that is interesting. And I, I kind of wish, I, I kind of wish I hadn't been so truncated. Uh, but at the same time, I think it fits for the like, this is very over the top, like, None of this is super serious. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the 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 uh scarf in the Asian food makes me laugh. <laughs> Cause that yeah. is something I would do. I would accidentally dip my my like uh scarf or clothes into the food because I'm nervous or you know. Would you insult the waitress at the same time? <laughs> that I would not do. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I like I like how they started the film with that that date because it gives you a sense of hopelessness, <laughs> which she does express in the next scene, telling her friend about the date in their boxing class. That's the other important thing I think is important to this movie is this is a woman who is like, I am I'm done. I just I'm going to be alone forever. I'm giving up on dating. And then she meets this guy. So then the question is, was he targeting her or was this all like freak of nature? If he hadn't gone to the grocery store that night, none of this would have. Again, female perspective. You might get sick of hearing this, but um, women who go to the grocery store alone are often targeted mm -hmm. because they're by themselves. And that's just for everything. Um and she was there late at night, too. So it kind of gives a sense of, like, oh, hey, this person's easily accessible. They're not with anybody. It's dark out. The store's empty. I think maybe he just stumbled upon an opportunity. Um, unfortunately, we don't get a lot of background as to where he comes in from. He's just talking about his niece saying, F you. There's no such thing as cotton candy grapes. 
and the whole conversation starts and you're like, okay. <laughs> okay. Where did so, that come from? so you do think it was just like right place, right time. It wasn't like he yeah. picked. Okay. I, he I did, think you're right. Because you learn later on during their first date. Cause she says, yeah, my dad's dead. I don't have a relationship with my mom and I have no family. You learn that the other women also are the same. They don't have family. And that's oh, actually, you know what? You're right. So he had actually, to have done some research. Yeah, it's a very real thing. Like, that's a very real life scenario. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I don't have much else to say. To, to say Anything in your notes that you want to go over? I'd like to, to um, say that Noah is very relatable. I feel like like some of the things that she went through and some of the things said to her, at least women, I know men probably can relate to, they've probably been through the same thing. And I like that, that that's added because I feel like a lot of horror films are just super completely different. Like, you know, you don't, you can't relate to that. It's not like a, I, what I'm trying to say is I like, films like this when there's truth behind it because it feels more real and more scary like it can happen you know what i mean yeah it can happen to somebody in real life i like those in for what they are but if you give me the choice between let's use this movie for example and uh, the chucky show that just came out which is completely like absurd and insane if I had to pick between one of them, I'm going to pick Chucky every time because it's 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 goofy and I like to see what creative creativity, but I can see what you're saying whereas this is something more real and I think there is room for that. Um and I do appreciate films like this or like the original Halloween, you know, which is a very down to earth real. Um I think the only issue that I have with something like this is like I said the tonal whiplash is a little much. Because, and I get what they're going for. For him, you know, this is just another day in the office. You know, it's all just he's having fun. And for her, she's terrified. But I don't know if that works in a movie when you're switching tones like every other scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess I guess the tonal shift and the, the suddenness of them can kind of get into Noah's perspective. Like, she's very, she doesn't really know what to think. Like, oh, I'm chained up, or oh, this guy's nice to me, and he's not hurting me like the other girls, because she does talk to the other girls, and they've been there a long time, and one of them's going crazy, and she's not being treated the same way. So, it's a good symbolism for how she is internally. And and I agree with you on Noah, and I but for me, I think it's all in performance, because on paper, other than the online dating thing. This is like stock horror girl. You know, she doesn't have a relationship with her parents. She has a best friend. Uh, she's scared until she has to be tough. You know, we've been doing that archetype since 1970 with Halloween or 1978. I forget what year Halloween came out. Um, but what makes that trope stick around is finding perform actresses like this. Uh, they can bring new life to do that that stereotype. 
Uh, and Molly is still annoying. I'm sorry, but she's she's very annoying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this entire movie is her fault. Uh, you can't change my mind. Not her fault. Listen, You're projecting in the wrong place. <laughs> no, listen. None of this would have happened if she hadn't told Noah to just say fuck it and be spontaneous. This whole movie is Molly's fault. Her defense, though, she thought it was super creepy that some rando is like, hey, let's go on a romantic getaway. I met you literally 72 hours ago. <laughs> well, yeah, but by then it's too late. She's already put the idea in in uh, in Noah's mind. And I'm not entirely serious on this. I'm just messing around, but... Uh, we we love we love advice, folks. Uh, so for our arbitrary rating system, I'm gonna give this a three out of five for the letterbox review, and it's okay. But I, me personally, because I'm not interested in dating, I can't connect to the online dating portion, and I don't have the perspective of of you, you know, where you connect to what she's going through as a woman. Whereas I can sympathize for her, I also just, eh, she's, I feel bad for her, but eh, I don't know. That probably makes me sound like a monster, but I've watched too many horror movies to be like, oh my god. <laughs> what what say you? What out of five are you going to give this? I'm going to give this a 4.5 out of 5. and And it's not so much the script. I love the cinematography, the placement of the music, the different scenes that are Noah's point of view, like the drinking scene where she's drugged, just the attention to detail. I just love it. And also, I have to say, when he's chopping up that leg, it was very realistic. <laughs> I didn't like that. Um, so I, I, I can't believe I forgot this, but I also have to mention they're clearly looking, they're clearly looking at Hannibal Lecter for no matter what you do, if you do a cannibal in cinema, but anyway, that is going to be it for us. Thank you for coming on the show. It's always fun to have you on and we will see you guys next time. Hopefully with screen three, I'm probably going to have to rewatch it at this, this point, dear God. No. <laughs> have a good night, everybody.